Hey everyone, so we're back with the uh, Stoops Anomalies, part three of In Orbit Radio. It's the continuing saga of uh, Kelroy Gansky and Bobby Coy. And when we last uh, met them, they were on their way, well actually they made it to the loft department of what well, we find out at the end of an artist named Peter Penchant. So uh, we continue now. Remember, this was all... Um, this was a completely improv story. I made this up as I was speaking. This was done about 15 years ago. Nothing to do with Stoops of Atlantis, but like if you listen to parts one and two, just uh, just wanted to put it out there. I've been holding onto this file, these files for a while, so I try to clean them up the best I can. The audio, the original audio quality was pretty bad, so I do the best I can to make it you know, audible. So, um, so here we go. Let's continue with In Orbit Radio, part three. Peter was a, an artist of renown. So uh, we went through a crowd of smoke and it was a costume party. I felt a bit out of place. Looking around, there were monks and demons and robots and various animal life and people dressed as uh, lawn chairs and mailboxes. And, uh, one man had a pyramid on his head, spun around in circles. And there was a lot of mirth and joy and chocularity going on in this place, obviously. And Finally, he spotted Peter and he uh, waved him over and he came over and before he said anything, he looked at me and said, where's your costume? So I quickly made up a, a story. I said I, I had a costume on, actually. I, was, I came dressed as a ventriloquist and uh, Booby was my ventriloquist doll. I didn't want to use the uh, term dummy, but that would have been insulting. And Peter laughed and slapped me on the back and thought it was very clever and in fact thought it was the greatest costume in the whole place. And uh, he said, make yourself at home. He was very, very open and friendly. I looked around. I wanted to get to the bar. I needed to get booby drunk. I needed to know more of what had happened that night at Area 51. So I went to the uh, the bar and ordered four gin and tonics from a, uh, a hairy baseball bat. Actually, it was a, a tree stump with a wig. I, I, it looked like a hairy baseball bat, but that was... Uh, he, he corrected me, the bartender, and said he was a, a living tree. So... I took the four glasses. I couldn't tip them because I couldn't reach my hand in my pocket. But I promised I would on the next round. And I handed two to Booby, who had found himself in a conversation with a, uh, a rather uh, attractive woman. An older woman. Who was dressed as a, a cowgirl. And Booby took the drinks and shoved them back. Like iced tea. Then he looked at me with an odd expression and said, I think there's something wrong with this 7-Up. I said, why? He said, well, it tasted a bit chemical. So I just shrugged and said, no, I think it's that new clear 7-Up or something. It's a brand new on the market and still testing it. So he shrugged again and tried the second one. So I handed him my two and went back to the bar to get more. Within a half hour, he was giggling and laughing and spinning around like a top and even did a backflip to the delight of the crowd. 
but I had to get him now. I couldn't let, let his wear off. He was a drunk. He was going to talk. So I managed to work my way through the crowd and grab him and dance our way back to the, uh, the exit, the stairwell that went up to the fire exit, which led to the roof. And we went up, and he stumbled up the steps and crashed his way through the metal door and fell onto the rooftop. And It was cold out, and there uh, was a great breeze blowing off the Hudson, which was in sight. It's a huge roof. Could have held a uh, professional soccer game, including the crowd. Well, we got up and stumbled over to the ledge and threw his arms up in the air. And he then said. He received a, uh, a letter in his uh, locker about a week later. And it had a number and a time. And it said, be at the front gate of section south 1.2. Be there at 3 a.m. So he was quite curious, a little nervous. But he showed up and he realized he was amidst a small crowd of generals and admirals. There were some Navy people there and some guys in business suits and just some regular civilians as well. And uh, He stood amidst the crowd. No one talked to him. Again, uh, they probably didn't see him. And some school buses uh, pulled up. I think there were three he remembered. Uh, and everyone kind of piled into these buses and the buses just rode out into the desert to pitch blackness. And he remembers that the uh, headlights on these buses were blue, deep blue, just barely made out the road. And they were taken to a place of, uh, in the desert, in the middle of nothing. And he remembers there was a large phallus made of wood, decorated with twine and some uh, twigs and stones. Must have been about 50 feet tall. And it was set ablaze. Uh, someone said it was similar to Burning Man, only this was Burning Member. And everyone held hands and danced about this burning penis. And they sang songs and chanted chants and drank wickers that were as potent as liquid metal and partook of uh, cactus, special cactus. He thought it was something called peola. Uh, I think he meant peyote, but I didn't want to interrupt the story. And as he was dancing and bouncing around and singing, uh, a, a man he recognized as a pretty high-ranking general stepped up to him and insisted that uh, he would be referred to him as, as, as Raven. He would not be the general that night. He was Raven. And he told Bowie uh, that the thought of uh, billions of dollars being spent to... Uh, Massacre, the uh, other side of the same biological coin, uh, made him sick. And he recalled uh, an earlier time, an earlier life, when uh, he lived in the uh, savannas of Africa with a tribe of peaceful, mushroom-cultivating peoples. And they stayed with for many, many generations without violence, without war. It's just the uh, daily dose of suicide into their diet that may have done it. And then the orgy began... Uh, a ship descended from the sky. In fact, the booby 
kind of got quiet when he mentioned this part. He, it was as if he can barely remember it. Uh, he said he thought it was a helicopter, like a large Chinook uh, helicopter descending, but it was silent. But he just couldn't fathom that it was anything else. But there it was, a stereotypical flying saucer, landing in the middle of the desert, and out came a parade of about three dozen greys. They all look the same, I guess... Maybe that's just our own cultural bias. And uh, an orgy ensued. A strange foot and appendage orgy. And Booby was invigorated and, and partook of this event uh, many times. Was, was invited weekly. No one ever mentioned this, of course, on the job. And Booby could never even look any of the uh, officials in the eyes as he walked down the corridors or into their offices knowing good and well what they all looked like naked. He was rather embarrassed, but he went about his work, and this went on for a while, until one day the letters and the invitation stopped. And he wasn't sure why. He felt hurt. He had sort of become part of his life. He had gotten actually rather close to one of the greys, uh, who seemed to have a, a penchant for pompadours. He would, this, this grey would run its fingers through Booby's hair and to attempt at one point to uh, eat the hair. Booby had to explain that hair was really not edible. And at this point he had gotten up on the awful edge and was wandering and pacing a bit on the roof. And I was getting antsy. I needed to hear the rest of this. And I was fearing he was sobering up. That he would quiet, get quiet and then just decide to clam up. So I, I, I tried to play it cool, and finally he sat down again and continued the story. What the, oh, what the heck is that? Oh, man. Wow. You know, I, I've looked at clouds from both sides, and now I've looked at meteors from both sides, and I have to tell you, it's unbelievable. I can't get used to seeing this. It's, it's very strange seeing a meteor careen off the atmosphere like a like a stone off a frozen pond. It's like it's like seeing a firework explode from above, which I have which I have seen. You know, I've been on planes Fourth of July or Bastille Day over Paris and that's what it's like, but grander, more cosmic. I think we're over the Pacific you know, Ocean, I think it's it's really incredible. It's a large one. I guess these things just hit the earth pretty regularly. <laughs> wow. Anyway. Anyway, Booby uh, continued with the story. And, uh, he said things just got worse after that. He got let go from his janitor job in Area 51 without any explanation. Just two weeks severance pay. So he, uh, he decided to come back east. And just one week after he was back in New York, he received a phone call, a very strange phone call. And the message uh, was quick and to the point voice just said, go to 19th Street, seek out the red garbage can, look beneath it, and the answer will be there, and then it was a click, and that was it. Wolby was stunned, he didn't know what to do, he didn't know how to react, he, he almost forgot the street, the color, and he had to calm himself, think about it a moment, when he, he remembered that it was 19th Street, uh, the funny thing was, there was no specification of avenues, so 
We'll be able to go down to uh, 19th Street all the way down by the East River and just wander west until he found a red garbage can. He walked from river to river and never found the red garbage can. He did, however, on the way back east, spot a bright green garbage can, and then he realized that his gray's uh, vision uh, was a little pushkui. Uh, that's a technical term. Uh, AC green's red, and red is green, and yellow is purple, etc. And excitedly, he grabbed the uh, green garbage can and dumped out its contents and spun it over, and there, sure enough, was a voice card, a small postcard. And it had a few words written on the back, but he, he was too nervous. He just shoved it in his pocket as if it was pornography and rushed home. He rushed into his bathroom, closed the door, locked it, turned the light out, flushed the toilet, and then realized that he needed the light and put it on. And it was instructions, instructions to build a tower. It was a phallic-shaped tower. And apparently the uh, purpose was to communicate with these beings. It was a transmitter to talk to these beings. simple. He, in fact, he, he could recall seeing objects uh, that were on the list just scattered on the street, tossed aside. These were old electronic parts and pipes and pieces of wood. So he began this uh, this materials collection program. He tried to do it at night as to not arouse suspicion of, of his neighbors. But people were peering out of the Venetian blinds and whispers were a plenty on Pleasant Avenue that, that summer. What was Booby doing now? What was, I mean, he was always a, looked upon as sort of a nut, but uh, he was never, never thought of as a junk collector. Uh, he was always well-groomed, even if you disagreed with his fashion sense. Uh, his clothing was always matched and was clean, and his hair was always well-coiffed, and he always had a nice essence of patchouli oil, and not a man who would dig in the garbage. But he didn't care. He was a man with a mission. He was obsessed. And little by little, he was checking off the parts until he had a pile upon his rooftop. And he checked, and he double-checked the list like Santa Claus on Christmas Eve, and he had it all but one part. But he decided to go ahead with the building. I believe he was getting very agitated talking about this part of the story, and I was I was getting excited just hearing it. And he described the building and how it took him three months on that hot summer. And one September morning he looked up and there it was, this 20-foot wooden penis with all sorts of electrical parts and pipes protruding from it into a shack that he had built where the control station was. And he was excited and he couldn't wait to try it. He was missing a single, very important part. 
So, Bobby Coley is missing a part for his transmitter to the grays that he built upon his roof. Well, we'll have to wait till the next segment is released to see where this goes. Hope you're enjoying these stoops anomalies. Uh, if, you're, if you are or have any comments, please feel free to drop me a note on Facebook or uh, through rupertstarbright.com. Contact the author at that website, and that will go to me. I hope you are enjoying these little oddities, and uh, I will continue to release them in segments. Until next time, be well. <laughs>